0: Amen. This is all about... um, Oh, can we click back on it? Did we click off it? Maybe. There we go. This is all about form and function. Say it with me. Form and function. Marriage is by God's design. It's a form that He created. And then the function that comes from that order. That's what it's all about. The form... There's form and function in marriage. Uh, God created men and women equal. Uh, Maybe sometimes the men might weigh it down a bit more, Uh, but that's just a weight thing. Uh, But that's all good. A few nervous laughters there from some of the men, but that's okay. Uh, But we're created equal. You know, some men take the ridiculous approach where a woman got punished for picking the apple so they have to give birth to children so God loves men more. <laughs> it's, it's, you'd be surprised. I know. But I pfft at that too. But some people think that. God created men and women equally. God did not send Jesus just for men or just for women. He's, God so loved the world. That, that to me includes everyone, not just a select group of people. Uh, so... God created men and women equal. God created men and women with different forms and functions. We are different. And we're challenged in today's society where, uh, and forgive me women, but women's lib and women's equality, and men are confused. I don't know if you've noticed that, but we're confused now. Back in the day, I was taught as a child, it was polite to open the door for a lady, to, you know, take a lady on a date and pay for the dinner, to to buy the lady flowers, I don't know, these sorts of things. But today, and I'm not talking about you, it's everyone else that's not here, you know, you go to open the door for a lady and it's like, well, don't you think I can open the door for myself? You know, women's rights and uh, uh, women's equality and, you know, I can pay for my half of the dinner. So men are like, What am I supposed to do here? (laughs) Mum and dad brought me up a certain way and this is what the world's like now. You know, God created men and women with different forms and functions. That never changes, but the world's changed and it will continue to change. Men are to be, uh, are meant to be the high priest of the home, put it that way. They're called to serve and to guide. That's how God designed uh, the relationship. Women are to be leaders and to help with building a strong home. So women play a part as well. But biblically, it says the men are the head, spiritual heads of the home. God created marriage um, for the purpose of oneness, so we could do life together. Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 to 25 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Not yet. God said the two will become one. The form and function of marriage is the two totally different separate working parts Fall in love with each other and come together to make one. And then the function is of oneness, together. This implies a process of learning, form and function. I know it's exciting, KJ. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a process of learning. Marriage is not like you get married and ding, you all of a sudden know everything of how everything's meant to work. And, you know, it takes time uh, to get to know each other and in such an intimate way and to learn how oneness looks as you move forward in life together once you're married. Uh, it has nothing to do with value and significance, but everything to do with form and function. So it's not about the man is so valuable and the woman isn't, but they come together and now they're valued together. No, each one brings their function together in the form of marriage to operate in oneness. That's hard. <laughs> it sounds easy when you say it like that, but there's, when, when, you, when you mix with someone, there's a bit of sparks you know, when you get two bits of, of steel or whatever and you grind it and, you know, there's sparks and there's... So it's when you bring two totally different people together, you might be in love and, you know, infatuated with each other and, oh, that's amazing, and then you get married. And then it's just a little bit different. Uh, I know the world is different now. People are starting to live together before they're married and it's like a try-before-you-buy thing and all of that, which is sad, uh, but that's the world we live in now. But the traditional way was... You know, you, you get to know someone, you court them, you take your time and get to know them, do all those sorts of things, and uh, and then you uh, get to a point where you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. So you propose and, and you get engaged and however long your engagement is, you get married and then you move in together. Oh, that's random, isn't it? Gee, the world doesn't link that way anymore. That's so different. I even know really good Christian friends that are like, for some reason all of a sudden okay with that other way of living now i've got a friend that i'm not going to name names because it's recorded but i used to go to church with and and she was like involved on staff and all this and and and, and prominent in the church and stuff and, and she started dating an nrl player she lives in sydney now and they've moved in together they've had a baby and and now they're getting married like what's with that sorry it just doesn't cut it with me and my convictions, and. You might say, well, you're judging those people. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying that there's a form and a function that is God-ordained that I read in the Word of how we should do things. Are you with me today? All right, no one's stoning me yet? Okay, there's a form and a function in marriage, and I think it's important that we understand it because we're losing it, even as the church. And again, I'm not necessarily saying this church. I think everyone's pretty switched on in this area here, but but it's still something we can, we can remind ourselves of that there is a form and a function of how to do things and it doesn't change just because the culture of the days changed. Um, some of us just tend to get satisfied with, well, that's just the world we live in now or that's just how things are. You know, I'm not judging those people. Anyone is welcome in this church. So I've married plenty of couples that have lived together before getting married. There are some pastors that won't because, well, you're not right with God so I won't marry you. But isn't the point that once they're married they're actually then living the way God intended and shouldn't we as pastors help people you may disagree with that I don't know but that's just my conviction I just think if anyone comes to me and says hey we want to get married uh, I want to help them get right with God and so that's my job anyway moving right along what about wives can I get all the, the women in the house to say what about, me? what about me it isn't fair no you don't have to keep going what about the wives okay this is what it says about wives wives submit to your own husband's as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of his wife, but she is the neck that turns the head. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, as also Christ is the head of the church. Who's seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Has anyone seen that movie? That's where that comes from. You know, the, wife, the husband is the head of the home, but the wife, she is the neck that turns the head. I sound, That sounded more Russian, didn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Christ is the head of the church and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So wives, submit to your husbands. And notice in my picture, you can't see it if you're listening to the recording. Wives, submit to your own husbands. That's important. This is now dealing with divine order because this is from the word of God. This is God appointed this order. God is a God of order. And notice it says that wives are to submit to their husbands. Here's the key point here. Women don't submit to all men. Some men get the wrong idea and they get this, well, I'm a man, so every woman will bow down and worship at my feet and will do what I tell them and they will submit to my orders. And no, 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 no. Women are to submit to their husbands. And then it's, and if you don't have one, well, I don't know, do as you're told. Uh, <laughs> as to the lord <laughs> see i'm in trouble see i knew i'd say something to get myself in trouble as to the lord okay so you're submitting because that's what the word says isn't it we read it together we've got a wives have to submit to their husbands in the same way as if they submit to the lord paul brings it back to a spiritual dimension you know the home is now a reflection of christ and everything revolves around jesus And so our responsibility is to literally read the word as it is read. And it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. This is an act of worship to Jesus. It's actually trust in Jesus as well. Jesus is the center of the submission. And it is a trust in the power of Jesus to help the wife submit. This requires us to continually be filled with the Spirit. And this is the problem. In some marriages, that continual filling of the Holy Spirit perhaps at some point stops. But we're still trying to work, walk out the function and order. Wives submit to husbands. But if we're not being filled with the Spirit daily, and that's both husband and wife, then that can cause some tension and conflict and friction and, and marriage breakdown. Because all of a sudden, the central focus of Jesus maybe gets shifted or is gone, but we're still trying to walk out. Well, I'm the husband, so you've got to do what I say, love. And, you know, she's not happy, so she digs her heels in and then they have a fight. And, but, but would that happen if we were being continually filled daily with the Holy Spirit and being led in our daily walk? The husband is the head as Christ is the head. This is speaking of headship and authority. It's God appointed. Again, Jesus is the head of the church. Husbands are the head of the wife. Form and function. It's the design that was made by God. And it's in the word of God. And we have to walk it out. The problem is, we get to a point where maybe the wives aren't happy with what the husband's doing. Then there's tension. Because then the husband's like, but I'm the head of the house. You've got to do what I say. Tension. But see, you shouldn't have to say that if you're daily being filled with the Spirit and moving in the function of oneness. See, so what happens is the husband goes off this way without taking the wife. The wife goes off this way, yet he's expecting her to come. And there's no agreement, but I dare say there's no Spirit on that. There's no, there's no Holy Spirit touching that situation. It's a challenge because we try and operate in the function without the form. The church's submission to Christ is the model for the wife. Therefore, verse 24, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. So Christ is the head over the church, and the church submits to his loving rule. At least this church does. It wouldn't be a week go by where you come on a Sunday and you don't hear about Jesus. He's the head. And so if you're tired of hearing about Jesus, sorry. (laughs) it's not stopping, it's not changing. He's the head of this church and he'll be mentioned and held in reverence and awe every single time we gather. Uh, Christ is the means of growth for the church. So without him, there's nothing. So that's why you're going to hear about him. Christ is the one that the church looks to for leadership and for holiness to come. Christ's presence and his teachings bring strength to his church. I believe we're a strong church because we have a strong teaching in this church about being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. That's what brings strength to this place, not some whimsical formula that I use to create a sermon and woo you and, you know, it's not about me. If it was about me, then you'd probably all be at the show having a dagwood dog, and I'd be here by myself. It's not about me. It's about Jesus flowing and functioning in the life of the church. There's form and function in marriage. And then the wives flow in that form and function. And now we talk about the husbands. Can I get all the men to say, what about me? (laughs) It's all about the men now. What about the husbands? Okay. Verses 25 to 29. Let's read it. It says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Wow. Do you understand the power in that? Jesus gave his life for us, the church. And husbands are to love their wives in the same way. Any men shaking in their boots? (laughs) A bit nervous. What a big act to follow. But how inspirational and encouraging it is as well to look at it that way. So he gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water... By the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Love your wives, and how true men, is the statement that's on the screen right now. Happy wife happy life. If your wife is miserable, I'm sorry, but it's your fault. There's something you've done or there's something you need to do to bring your wife back to a place of happiness. Uh, You might say, well, I didn't do anything. Well, maybe you didn't, but you still have a role to play in making her happy or bringing happiness into her world and leading her to that, receiving that through Christ because you're the spiritual head of the house. And so if someone's miserable in the house, it's on your head. Whether you played a role in how they are or not is not up for debate here. But what is the debate is that you play a role in bringing happiness to their circumstance or situation, whatever it is that they're facing, whether it's your fault or not. And that's the problem. A lot of men jump away from accountability or from responsibility and just go, well, I had nothing to do with that. That's your own fault. You're sad. So you sort it out, woman. Anyone talk to their wife like that? I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. Love your wives. Who's heard of agape love? Yeah. It means an unselfish love. So it never talks like I just talked. It would never do that. It's unconditional love. So despite what has happened, what's transpired, maybe there has been a big blow up, whatever, but we are called as husbands to demonstrate agape love, which is unconditional love to our spouse, to our wife. So it doesn't matter whether she's, what she's called you, how she's looked at you, what she's said to you. Just as Christ forgives us, where to forgive them? I know, see, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Jacqueline's having a good old chuckle today. Love from your very heart and your being. That's what it needs to be, men. This is a command, not a suggestion. It's not, oh, wake up today and maybe be like this. No, 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 it's a daily command. Husband, loves your wives. With agape love. The love is not selfish. It's not self-centered. It's not self-gaining. Here's the point. The scripture tells us how we are to love our wives. Again, it is centered in Jesus and his example of how he loves the bride, his church. We've got a lot to learn, men. (laughs) I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I'm talking to myself. It's a daily thing we need to learn to love our wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself as Christ loved the church and as he gave himself. That's the big one. Like, would you lay down your life for your wife? That's a a big challenge to some of us. Paul is telling us the highest standard and the highest standard is Jesus. Now, we'll never attain that standard because we're not perfect like Christ was. But that is our our, uh, I guess our, our manual, our script, our, our example that we are to look to. Christ loved, cherished, and died for the church. And we as men are to do the same for our wives. In his death there came life to the church. Wow. So when we say no to ourselves, in the likeness of Christ being put to death, it can bring life to our wife if we put her first, Christ put us first, didn't he? He didn't put his own feelings and thoughts first, if he did, he wouldn't have died on the cross, but he said, nevertheless, your will be done, Lord, not my will, that's daily, us men, we need to say that to our wives, not my will, as much as I'd love to do this, and I really want to, but not my will, but let's, happy wife, happy life, let's see what we can do. Men show their love by dying to self. So if it's all about what you want to do or the things that are important to you or everything's getting laid down and because I want this, it's not going to bring happiness to the home. Now, there's nothing stopping a wife in supporting a husband in the things that he wants to do. But there has to always be a balance. There has to always be a balance of give and take, of compromise, That's how the function of oneness happens. It's not just my way but the highway or or my way because that's not oneness. That's one half going that way and dragging the other one along kicking and screaming. But oneness is, remember, form and function. Marriage is coming together and functioning in that way of oneness and that is a togetherness, not just all what I want and not just all what she wants but what we want together moving forward. Here's the point. Jesus prayed the prayer, not my will, but your will be done. This kind of love cannot be done without the help of the Holy Spirit. So I go back to what I said before. Daily filling of the Holy Spirit, of God's presence, is so necessary for a a marriage to function to its capacity. Jesus' love did something to the church. Wouldn't you agree? Our church is a different place because of what Jesus has done. If he hadn't done that, it would be very different here today very different. Verses 26 and 27, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. The church is an extension of Jesus to make her clean by the washing of the word, to make her radiant, glowing and full of life. In the same way, a husband's love changes his wife. One person agrees. A husband's love changes his wife. I've seen it. We've been married, Anita and I now, this year in September will be 15 years. There you go. We better do something really. Is 15, 15 years a big one? Not really. 20, 25, anyway, 50. All right, when we get to 50, we might do something special. <laughs> She's not here to clip me around the ears. So it's all good. Every what? Every few months? Every 12. Every 12 months, okay. Yes, boss. A husband's love changes his wife, and it really does. Uh, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, Duh. <laughs> but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Wives are an extension of their husbands, because it's oneness, remember? So they're an extension of their husbands. Husbands love your wife as you love your own body, and that's why I think of married couples that abuse each other and fight. And you know, as men, because I'm a man, I can't talk from the wife's perspective. But as a man, would I abuse myself? Would I hit my own hand with a hammer (laughs) and abuse my body? Not saying you hit your wife with a hammer, but do you get my point? Would we do that to ourselves? The, the form and function says that we're to love our wife as our own body. When you love, nurture, cherish and feed your wife, you're doing it to yourself. So we laugh about happy wife, happy life, but it's so true. As you bring happiness to her world, your life is happy. Because when you love and nurture and cherish your wife, it's as if you're doing it to yourself here's the point we are to love cherish nourish and spend time with our wives not just do our own thing because we think well i've worked an eight-hour day and i deserve to do whatever i want to do the analogy is given of taking care of our own bodies you know when you love your wife you're loving yourself an abusive man hates himself an abusive man does not love or care about himself you know think about it when a man gets injured He cares for that part of the body, doesn't he? You know, we're sooks. We stub our toe and we're like, I hurt my foot. Now, Pete's not a sook. Every other man's a sook, not Pete. Uh, But, you know, we hurt ourselves and we're like, we've got man flu. Oh, I'm on the couch and I'm dying. You know, give me sympathy. The wife gets a flu and just keeps going and gets it all done. Uh, But when a man gets injured or unwell or whatever, he, he takes care of that part of his body. You don't keep destroying or damaging yourself even more like i said with the hammer earlier you know if you're hammering a nail and you hit your thumb ow! you're going to go get ice a band-aid sympathy all of those necessary ingredients you're not going to keep hitting <laughs> your thumb are you there's form and function in marriage there's a divine order god's appointed it we've talked about wives we've talked about husbands what about the bigger picture because there is a bigger picture Verse 31 to 33. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Yes, it is. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, a man leaves his family and my little sign up there on the PowerPoint says, keep friends and family out of your marriage. And you think, oh, but my family, we all get along really well. No, no, your marriage of oneness with your wife is you and your wife. We don't chuck a mum and a dad and an auntie and an uncle and a distant cousin in the mix because we like them. Your marriage is with your spouse. And so we're to keep them out. It doesn't mean we ostracise them and never talk to them, and that's not what I mean. Sorry, Ben. It means that your marriage, your relationship is between you and your spouse. That's it. Everyone else is peripheral on the outside that you hang out with, fellowship with, talk to, whatever. But they're not involved in this marriage bubble here. The oneness is the two of you become one. Not the eight of you. (laughs) Or the 12 of you. or I don't know how many siblings you've got. So he now leaves and cleaves to his wife. The man now initiates and now sets up a new home. So you set up a home. And the two become one. So many marriages are broken up because two don't become one. It's like eight trying to become one. And they involve other family and they all involve. And you're never going to please all those people with decisions and things that you make. But you know what? When two become one, you can work in oneness together. That is achievable because it's form and function that God has appointed and anointed. And so it will work if you commit to being filled daily with the Spirit and seeking God, it will work. Christ left his home. He left his Father. He came to earth. Christ came and initiated a relationship with us. And now Christ marries his bride. When we come into relationship with him. Christ and his church are one. And in the same way, man and woman can be married and become one. So here's the take home for us. And I'm finishing with this nice and early. Extra coffee today. Are we doing real coffee today? We're doing real coffee today. So everyone that's not here, next week you can go, ha ha, you didn't get real coffee. First Sunday of the month we do real coffee. And we'll try and remember that so you don't have to race and find more milk for us. That's all right. Here's the take home. You ready for this, men, women? We're not nervous anymore, we're all good. Not shaking in our boots anymore, maybe slightly. Husbands, love your wives as you love yourself. Done. Wives, respect your husbands. Done. I mean, they want your love too, but I mean, we, we take respect as love, don't we? When, when a wife respects you, that's her demonstrating her love to you. It's the, it's the form and function. It's the form and function. Men like to be respected. If men are belittled in front of others by their wife, that's the worst thing you can do. Men detest that. Wives want to be loved. And they want to be loved publicly. They want the displays of affection, the hugs and the holding hands and the, you know, I'm talking very generally. Some of you might be sitting there going, I don't really care about that stuff. I'm talking generally. Women want to be loved. Men want to be respected. Let's do that. The end result is trust and a happy marriage if we commit to doing that well. So, I want to pray this morning for people that are married. So, you can stay there because you're married. The Holy Spirit's here without the piano playing, isn't it? It's all right? Everyone's good? Okay, that's good. Just make sure. <laughs> if you're married, your spouse doesn't have to be here because there are some people here without their spouse. That's okay. I'm just going to invite you to stand because I want to pray for you right where you are, because I believe strong and healthy marriages build a strong and healthy church. Because people look to you as the example of relationships, how you treat each other, what you do, how you speak about your wife or your husband in public. Young people are watching. There's young people in the room now. I hope you've learned something today, even though you're not married yet, you didn't switch off, because it's important for you young people to understand this form and function in marriage, how to do it particularly young guys, how to treat girls. So I want to pray for you because I want to believe for the Holy Spirit to come in 2020 in the most extravagant, new and powerful way into your marriages that God would infiltrate your marriage. He may not have to. He's probably already alive and active in most people standing up. But even to a whole new level that God would come and that God would just wrap His arms of love around both of you and remind you of the strength that comes when you operate in oneness together. Now, if your spouse isn't here, this message will be on our website. Literally, at the end of the service, we'll upload it. So it'll be there if you want to listen to it with your wife or your husband. Um, Or if you get married in a year's time and you want to rewind and come back to this point, you can find it, listen to it together. Uh, It's going to be available, and I think it's going to help some people. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the people standing before you right now. I thank you for marriage. I thank you for form and for function, that it's not an idea that we've conjured up or something that man has made up, but Lord, we take from your word that a husband is to love his wife, that a wife is to respect the husband as the head of the spiritual home. Father, we look at that function and we say thank you for it. Help us daily, Lord, in our walk with you to walk in this way, the way of oneness together. Lord, that you would draw couples that are married together closer than they've ever been by the power of your Holy Spirit that fills them, even right now as we pray. God, you're touching people in this place that they would just live lives that are honourable towards you, towards each other. God, that you would build relationships in this place. Lord, I pray for marriages where maybe the relationship is a bit strained right now. And Father God, that your Holy Spirit would just saturate the relationship. Lord, that they would remember what, in the days when they got married, what drew them to each other in love and in wanting to do life together. God, that you would reignite in every person standing here just that passion and desire for their spouse. Lord, to live life alongside them. And Lord, to enjoy life because it's to be enjoyed. Father God, I pray that you breathe on relationships in this place. Breathe on our lives. Help us, Lord, help the men, help the women to know what their function is, to know the design that you've created us with and how we're to operate in that function. Lord, ultimately, everything we do, we want to honour you. And so, Father God, I pray that as we honour you, it draws us closer to our spouse, that our marriages would be strong, that they would be a blessing, and that they would be an encouragement to many. Lord, in a world where marriage is being attacked, I pray that godly marriages would rise up and people would see the fruit of a strong, healthy, long-lasting relationship and be encouraged and inspired by that, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Be blessed, married couples. Be blessed, those that aren't married, because your time's coming. Or maybe you've had your time. Well, you know what? Be married to Jesus. (laughs) Be married to Jesus. Unless you're on the prowl. I don't know. Who knows? You never know who might walk in the church. Sorry. So, I mean, it's a sensitive topic because I can get in so much trouble. I'll stop right now. So, I think I should. I think I should. Look. In every meeting, we like to give opportunity for people to connect with Jesus. And so, if you want to connect with Him today, would you just lift up your hand and I'll pray for you? But I think everyone here is connected with Jesus at some point in their life. It's one of those days where you can pretty much eyeball everybody and you know that we're all good. So, let me pray God's blessing on you. If you want prayer, I'll be up here at the end. Um, I'm also going to be, we can stop the recording if you haven't already. Uh, I'm going to be sending people